Thanks for joining us for today's edition of Lessons for Living. His word so fresh in our hearts abound. His word made flesh in the here and now. A new life is beginning. Lord, let us hear your lessons for living. Lord, let us hear your lessons for living. As I give, it's called the law of use. As I use myself and all the things God gives me, notice what that promise is. He's able to give me more grace and I will abound in everything I need to fulfill His good will. Everything. That's how it all starts for all of us. None of us are equipped in ourselves to do anything. But when we give ourselves that law of use, it's a beautiful picture of what God can do in and through our lives. You want God to bless you, don't you? Of course you do. Everybody does. So how do you get God's blessings? The preachers on TV tell you to send money to them and God will give you favor. Often, though, all you get from that is a chance to see the stuff they've purchased with your gift to them. If you want to know what God's formula for blessing really is, give a listen to Pastor Mark's teaching today. You'll find out that it's about a lot more than money both the giving to God and receiving from Him. Remember, there's quite a few ways to receive a copy of Pastor Mark's teaching. We'll be sharing all that information with you at the close of this broadcast. Now here's Pastor Mark in Hebrews chapter 13 as he continues his message, Equipped to Do Life Right. Write down what you're anxious about right now. Write it down. I'm serious. We're doing a Bible study that speaks to our heart. You see, if we don't have the peace of God, then it's a miserable walk with God. He equips us with the peace of God. So just stop right now and write down, what is it that you're anxious about? Situation, person, finances, whatever. Just take a moment, write it down. And then we're going to go through this verse again. Do not be anxious about anything, but in everything, by prayer and petition, with thanksgiving, present your request to God. And as a result of that, what happens? Look at the next verse. The Say it with me. The peace of God, which transcends all understanding, will guard your heart and your minds in Christ Jesus. So that's that shalom again. It's my heart and my mind, body, soul, spirit. So the prohibition, if you write in your Bible, you can write this. Do not... Worry about anything. That's what the scripture says. Don't worry about it. How do I not do that? Pray about everything. And then what is the promise? So we have the prohibition. Don't worry about anything. 
And then we have the petition, pray about everything. And what is the promise? And the peace of God, which transcends all understanding, will guard your hearts in your minds in Christ Jesus. So the promise, expect the peace of God to flow over you. Now, back to Hebrews chapter 13, verse 20. So I'm equipped with God's peace. And the way it comes is through prayer. Of course, you could write out the prayer of these Hebrews who are undergoing tremendous persecution. Who knows what that looked like? But they knew specifically what it was. Look at the last part of verse 20 again. Who through the blood of the eternal covenant. Number three, we are equipped with God's promises, not just his peace. A covenant is simply established when two parties enter into an agreement which binds one with the other. So the covenant is a promise between two people. Of course, this covenant is the covenant of God. He keeps his promises. So we're equipped with God's promises. As we went through the book of Hebrews over and over and over again, we saw the promises of God. Let me just read a few of them, just from the book of Hebrews alone. Hebrews 7.25, He is able once and forever to save those who come to Him through Him. He lives forever to intercede with God on their behalf. So when we pray, we pray in the name and the authority of Jesus. He's at the right hand of the Father and it goes to the Father. Here's another promise, Hebrews 13.5. God has said, never will I leave you, never will I forsake you. That's a great promise from God. These people that are struggling and wondering where God is, never will I leave you. Never will I forsake you. Now, keep your finger right there. Turn to 2 Corinthians. Here's a promise that I think is so important, especially in the times that we're in, that you say, well, I'm not equipped to do the will of God. I don't have this. I don't have this. I don't have this. I don't have this. You have everything you need. I have everything I need to do the will of God. God never holds those things back from me. 2 Corinthians chapter 9, go down to verse 6. Whoever sows sparingly will also reap sparingly. Whoever sows generously will also reap generously. Now each man, woman, should give what he has decided in his heart to give, not reluctantly under compulsion, for God loves a cheerful giver. Look at this verse 8. And God is able to make all grace abound to you, so that in all things, at all times, having all that you need, you will abound in every good work. Now, this is just not talking about finances. This is a principle of giving. As I give to God my life, my talents, the things he's equipped me with, my finances. No, if I give generously to God, he generously gives back to me. And then as I do this, this promise, he's able to supply everything I need, all the resources, not just me, but everything that I need that I can have an abundance to do one thing. Do good works for him. 
You see, that's what it's all about. Notice the last part of this verse. Having all you need. Thank you very much. I have all I need. No, 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 no. So you will abound in every good work. What work? The very work Ephesians 2 said in verse 10. The work that God has given you to do. Here's what I've discovered. Watching my dad. Watching my grandpa in ministry. As I think back on those days and those churches and we didn't have much. We didn't have lights. We didn't have this kind of sound system. We didn't have, we just had God. Why am I here? Because they had God. And whatever they needed to do ministry, God was enough. We sing a song, God's enough. But sometime in our techie world, we wonder if God's enough. I want to tell you God's enough. You use Whatever God gives you, he'll give it back to you. He'll expand your usefulness. That's the way it works. If you shrink your equipping, don't expect him to give you more. Why would he? But when I give my life, my money, my time, my talents that he's done, as I give, it's called the law of use. As I use myself and all the things God gives me, notice what that promise is. He's able to give me more grace, and I will abound in everything I need to fulfill His good will. Everything. That's how it all starts for all of us. None of us are equipped in ourselves to do anything. But when we give ourselves that law of use, it's a beautiful picture of what God can do in and through our lives. Now back to Hebrews 13, 20. So I'm not only equipped with God's promises. May the God of peace through the blood of the eternal covenant brought back from the dead, our Lord Jesus Christ, the great shepherd of the sheep. Number four, we are equipped with a living Savior and shepherd. A living Savior and shepherd. You know your sheep. I'm a sheep. I need a shepherd. I have a shepherd. It's the Lord Jesus Christ. You remember John chapter 10 says this, I am the good shepherd. I know my sheep and my sheep know me. Just as the Father knows me and I know the Father and I lay down my life for the sheep. Because Jesus was raised from the dead, he's living in heaven. What's he doing there? My shepherd. What's he doing there? Well, one thing I can tell you, Hebrews 8.1 says, we do have such a high priest who sat down at the right end of the throne of majesty in heaven. Chapter 7, verse 24. Therefore, he is able to save completely those who comes from him. Because we already read this. Because he's what? He's interceding for us. The great shepherd is interceding for us. He's right hand to the Father. Nothing misses the eye of the shepherd. We were in Jerusalem. We were overlooking the Temple Mount on the Mount of Olives. It says one day Jesus went up there and he saw all the people in worship. Dead worship. And he said, I wish I could gather you to myself. But you would not. The great shepherd wants to lead his sheep. He wants to lead you. He wants to gather you to himself. Well, Pastor Mikey, he's not here, he's in heaven. It's not a problem. There's nothing 
that misses his eye. In his heart, it beats for you. He's a shepherd with great compassion. How can I feel equipped? How can I feel insecure? Because I have a shepherd who has great compassion for me. And he does for you as well. You know it easily. The Lord is my shepherd. I shall not be in one. Well, look at verse 22, Hebrews 13. Brothers, I urge you to bear with my word of exhortation, for I have written you only a short letter. Now, if this was a short letter, I don't know what a long letter would look like. I want you to know that our brother Timothy has been released. If he arrives soon, I will come with him to see you. Now greet all your leaders and all God's people. Those from Italy send you their greetings. Number five, we are equipped with God's family. Paul wanted to remind them that they should be encouraged because they were not alone. They were doing life together. All of those who had separated themselves from the Jewish faith found a better Jesus, whole principle of the book of Hebrews. Yes, their loved ones turned their back on them. Their old friends made fun of them. But they were not alone. They had God's family with them. You know we have this here in our ministry, and I think it's important that you remember this, this connect, this connect. How important it is that you and I connect to each other. And that's one of our C's that's so prevalent here. Community. Jesus, when he started his ministry, he didn't do it alone. He started with 12 men. He poured his life into them. You would see that principle over and over and over again all through the New Testament. Now, Paul understood that principle. Everywhere he went, he had people he knew. He was connected to them. He had a great spiritual father relationship with Timothy. Timothy had been in prison. Now he was set free. Paul plans to travel, maybe, to see Timothy, if Paul is the writer. Let me ask you, are you traveling alone? How miserable. One of the beautiful things that I think happened the other night, some of you remember on a Wednesday night, how many of you remember Mary Barrett being here and singing to us? She's a friend of ours from Merritt Island and Jimmy and Rosie and many at Calvary Chapel of Merritt Island for years. And I told you that night that Mary had cancer. I didn't tell you the whole story. I didn't want you to know the whole story. But that night that she led worship for us was the last night she ever led worship in a church. And it was wonderful that night, wasn't it? Mary went to be with the Lord just a couple days ago. We went to see her on Saturday night at the hospice and Jimmy and Rosie there and other people and they were just singing and she was singing. And let me just read you what Jimmy wrote. I thought it was good. Her funeral will be a week from this Saturday. Jimmy wrote this, close friend of Mary's. One more time, I've watched someone I love finish the race. 
Mary is not someone who just merely made it across the finish line. She burst through the ribbon in a full spirit with a beaming smile and plenty of life still in the tank. But our times are in his hands. He knows the numbers of our days. Therefore, let us run with patience the race that's set out before us, looking unto Jesus, the author and the finisher of our faith. Paul says in this passage, to make sure you're not running the race of life alone. Some you still don't get it. You isolate yourself. Or if you don't isolate yourself, let me just say it kindly to you as your pastor. You're never real. You never show emotion. You never open up so that somebody can come in and help you. As we watched Mary worship that night, you saw the real Mary. Smile, my wife said when we went on, and I never saw a bigger smile on Mary. You didn't know how much pain she was in. By the way, she did finish her last album in Nashville. So that'll be coming out. That'll be a memorial album for us, for her. But she finished the race with lots of gas in her tank. Why? Because he's able to make that abound to us. That was her strength. So I want to challenge you. If you're here and you're not open, you're not in a small group, don't do life alone. Paul says to these people, look, brothers, I'm waiting for Timothy. I want to come see you. I'm writing to you. Be involved. Many of you are, but some of you still kind of isolate yourself. So we're equipped with God's families. By the way, this helps us a lot, doesn't it? You to see people all over the place and you don't feel alone. Now, turn to Hebrews 3.12 just for a moment. And I'm going to just skip by this and then head right through because we don't have time to finish. But I just want to see this. When I'm around other Christians and I'm being open, it's very difficult for me to have a hard heart. Verse 12, Hebrews 3.12. See to it, brothers, that none of you has a sinful, unbelieving heart that turns away from the living God. Now, how does that work? That works because... I have to be connected one to another. Look at verse 13. But encourage one another daily, as long as it is called today. That's what Paul's doing with this benediction. It's an encouraging benediction. He's challenging them at the end. He said some pretty tough things, but he, he encourages them at the end, and he gives them these six keys that they are equipped to do life. You can do life. It's not a problem. Go for it. But we can't go for it alone. To encourage, to exhort, to comfort, to come alongside. That's what you and I want to do. Make sure that's happening with you. Is there someone that you're working with that you can open your heart with? Make sure it happens. You know what, what's an amazing story, and we always tell this people when we go to Israel. When you drive in to the overlook of Israel, for the very first time when you see the city of Israel, you know what happens virtually to everybody? They just begin weeping in the bus. Say, well, I'm a man, I'll never weep. Come to Israel with me, baby. (laughs) 
Because you'll weep like a baby. It's spiritual. Nobody can understand it. It doesn't make any sense to me. And I say that to say this. You need to be real and open. Be accountable. Be around one another. Be an encouraging one another. Don't do this alone. That's why we're here. God equipped us with a family. You're a family. We're family. Can't do it alone. You're equipped. You can do this. Look at chapter 13, verse 25. This is our last statement. Grace, Paul says, be with you all. Number six, we are equipped with God's grace. Grace is often distinguished from mercy in that mercy simply means not receiving punishment that you and I deserve. Grace is receiving a positive benefit that you definitely don't deserve. Divine grace is simply God's empowering presence in our life. Enable us to do whatever we were created to do. First, we receive grace. Then we live in God's grace. And then we give grace to those who are in sin or have fallen back into sin. I want to end with these two statements. Number one, grace empowers us for service. It empowers me for service. Look what Paul says. But by the grace of God, I am what I am. And his grace to me was not without effect. No, I worked harder than all of them, yet not I, but the grace of God that was with me. I want you to think about that. Grace empowers us for service. God equips us with everything we need to do his will as a husband, as a wife, as a parent, ministering in church, living in our world, being a good employee, whatever it is, God equips us. But what empowers me is his grace. You see, if you start leaning to legalism, that empowering goes away. Notice what Paul says again. By the grace of God, I am what I am. That's true for every single person in this room. We can't stand and say, well, because of my talents, my abilities, my whatever, I am what I am. No, 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 no. By the grace of God, I am what I am. You know, quite often in a counseling session, I'll hear people say this, especially about marriages. I hear people say this. I don't know that we can do it. I don't know that we can stay married. You know what I say to them? I can tell you what the will of God is. What is the will of God? That you stay married. Well, we've learned that God equips me to do everything he asked me to do. So it's a non-issue. And this, my heart got hard. And a heart gets hard because the grace of God is gone. I'm glad for God's grace, aren't you? You are equipped to do whatever God has called you to do. Now do it in His strength, in His power, in His love, in His grace. The shepherd is watching you. He's caring for you. And you have a great family that helps us. 
In his teaching today, Pastor Mark talked a lot about having the peace of God. He told you that part of finding God's peace is having the other relationships in your church life in order. Part of that is being in submission to godly leadership. Other parts are having regular Bible study and prayer time. Doing those shows you how to receive God's wisdom and His peace. You don't have to wait to hear another message from Lessons for Living. Visit LessonsForLivingRadio.com to access our archive of messages on various topics and books of the Bible. Subscribe to our podcast as well to receive updated teachings as soon as they're made available. We're so glad you joined us today and we'd love to connect with you. Feel free to contact us with your questions and prayer requests at 866-779-3441. That's 866-779-3441. This brings us to the end not only of Pastor Mark's teaching, Equipped to Do Life Right, but to the end of his study of the book of Hebrews. You heard what God had to say to a group of Christ followers who were under a lot of pressure to reject Jesus. We hope that you learned through this study in Hebrews how Jesus is better than all of the other so-called ways to God. Well, that's all the time we have for today's broadcast. From all of the production team here at Lessons for Living, we want to say thank you for tuning in and may God bless you. And together, let's do life right. Our eyes have seen and our ears have heard His Word made flesh in a herd.